Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And here we are again for another week. Uh, tonight, we are going to uh, talk about the positional arguments that were introduced with Ruby 3. Now, I know this was like, what, two years ago? But, but everything um, we've been talking about is from two years ago. Yeah, but I know that there's also still a lot of people running lower than 2.3 Ruby. I just went through a Ruby 3 upgrade. It was a bit of a confusing mess, so I wanted to talk about it and, and kind of help straighten it out for anybody that still has to go through this Ruby 3 stuff. Um, but before we do that, a few things. Uh, one, welcome Colin. Who's the metalhead? Both of us. Both like the metal music. Um, uh, and we can review. How was your week? So the last couple of days of the last week were pretty typical, you know, balance consulting, working on my app. And then Monday morning, the proverbial blankety-blank hit the fan. <laughs> and a uh, someone contacted me and says, help, my app won't work. I'm like, okay, so it's a Rails app. And like, okay, it's running on Heroku and it's giving a, like a database error. I'm like, well, in the logs, you know, like you have to look at the Heroku logs. And I'm like, well, I thought they're supposed to be taking care of this. So I started looking at it and they basically did an upgrade of some part of their environment because it was mentioned or they received an email that something was done. And after that upgrade, boom, no more connection to database. Thanks. And they said that's what the logs were saying. And I don't know, I could, it was, well, it was only a couple of days ago, but I can't recall whether it was something changed with regard to the infrastructure and their dyno, which is their concept of the of an instance, or if it was the actual something changed with the database configuration. What basically, no talking, no mori. So <laughs> I took a look at the code of the app. They showed me the code of the app, and I think the last deploy was six years ago. And the it's running Rails four point one. And Ruby 2.1. So I'm I'm kind of thinking, okay, here might be the problem. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so um because they have stacks, they call them stacks, I think, which is basically their concept of these are the instance types we support. And basically they seem to be matching Ubuntu. Like right now, they call it stack 22, which is I think for Ubuntu 22.04, and they have the 20 stack and the 18, which you know corresponds to this. They used to have names like Cedar or something like that, which yeah. I think may have been 14. But basically, I think this was on like a Ubuntu 14 dyno for them. So that's what was running. So I'm like, okay, well, if we can't figure out a way to revert this change or whatever, I mean, we just got to start upgrading and go forward. So customers some of they started to look into hey is there a way we can revert the change or to restore something to get you know get something working so they they looked at that and they said all right well i'm gonna move forward and just try to upgrade it and get it going 
because this, but they were because there were two saving graces with this. Number one, this is a relatively simple app, not too complex. Number two, there was very good test coverage. <laughs> so that means once I get something working in the test pass, okay, upgrade this, you know, and then move to the next thing. So the first struggle was finding a way to run two point Ruby 2.1. Okay, first, let me just say, let me just interject. Hooray for tests! Yes, hooray for tests. <laughs> I told you, so, people! <laughs> so 2.1, so I tried it. I wasn't like even going to try this on my main machine, so I got my laptop out. And I couldn't even build Ruby 2.1. So I'm like, all right, well, forget that. So I actually use LXD or LXC containers, which are the container um, service mechanism of Ubuntu. They have something called LXC, LXD. And they're basically like Docker containers or Kubernetes or whatever. So I built a container for 16.04, trying to go pretty far back as I could. But once I started the container, it had no network interface. So I couldn't install any patches. So I couldn't install any software. I'm like, all right, well, this is, forget this. So I had to install 18.04. So I installed 18.04 and still couldn't install Ruby 2.1. And basically I, basically I could install a apt package for 1.0.0 SSL support. And I think with that, finally, it installed Ruby 2.1. Like, okay, good, okay. So now I got Ruby installed. So now I needed to install the gems. So do the bundle, and then we got the failures. Or what was, so basically need to install some of the other packages. And when I, when I went to install, I think yeah, Postgres, the Postgres adapter or the gem uh, where you need to install the client, and that was going to overwrite the SSL 1.0 I installed. So it was going to install 1.1 and get rid of 1.0. So the package fighting I was doing was a struggle. So I said, all right, what the, what the blankety blank am I going to do? So I said, SQLite. So basically, <laughs> I converted the app to run on SQLite. I installed SQLite. And that when it didn't require updating the SSL version. So, I mean, I could have built SSL from source, I suppose, but that would have just gotten messed anyway. So I did it this way. So I got it working, Ruby 2.1, SQLite 3, run the tests. Okay, yeah, I, I think the tests pretty much all passed. Like, okay, now I'm ready. So then I went up to Ruby 2.2, then 2.3, and I think it was a 2.3, I was able to drop the SQLite, go to Postgres, right? I, I think, or maybe it was 2.4. So I think it was at 2.4, I could now go out of the container and onto my laptop. Um, and basically, as I was doing this, I had to be updating gem versions to make sure things still worked. And I think when I made the leap to 2.4, 4.1 wouldn't work. So I had to upgrade to 4.2, I think it was, of Rails. So I was constantly 
Ruby and Rails versions, and then of course all the gem versions, and I would look like, okay, like Sam working on Ruby 2.5 and Rails 4.2. So I'm like, okay, what year is it? And I look at the year. It's like, okay, we're 2019, 2020, something like that. Okay, let me just look at a gem version around then before a major version change install that gem, you know, and that's kind of the path I used to be able to get gems installed that were happy with what was there now, but wasn't the latest and greatest, which would probably have broken everything anyway. So basically about <laughs> 10 hours or a little bit more than that. And finally I got up to, I think it was Rails 5, still not a supported, supported version, Rails 5 and Ruby 2.7. Because 2.7, Ruby 2.7 was the target because that is the minimum Ruby for the, the um, stack on Heroku. So all the tests passed, did the deploy, it worked, hooray. And the app was live, like I said, you know, it was a 10, 12, it was more like 12 or more hours later. But so that was interesting. And <laughs> Thankfully, so the tests were very good and there were only two errors that came in and they were relatively easy to fix the next morning. So it's like, okay, we fixed this problem. And then over the course of the time, I've been like upgrading them a little bit more to get up to at least looking for 6.0. But then I got up to Six point, uh, well, actually it was, I think it was 5.2. Yeah, so when I got up to 5.2, there's an interface with another app that they have that broke. <laughs> so I had to revert and go back to 5.1 for now. Um, but basically I'm gonna look at that to see, all right, how can we get to 5.2 and then six? Because starting July 1st, you know, six is the, 5.2 is no longer to be quote unquote supported. Right. So anyway, that was a long discussion, but that's pretty much has been my adventure over the past three days. Well, and that, that one story highlights two very important points that we talk about quite a bit here. One is tests are extraordinarily important. And yeah, because without tests, there's, I mean, I could have done this, but it would have been a blankety blank show. It was, yeah. yeah. And you would have had zero confidence that what you were changing was going to work until you just put it out and let people run it. And that's yep. dangerous and stressful and insomnia-inducing. So tests are extraordinarily important. And keeping your stuff up to date and getting rid of of um, uh, technical debt Te technical is important. Debt, yeah. You don't want to just let that stuff languish forever and ever and ever, because then it becomes a major, major problem. So, you know, bite the bullet every every few months and just spend some time dealing with technical debt. Yeah, it's it's not glamorous and it doesn't, you know, the clients don't give a crap, but it's a big deal. <laughs> the clients care when... The service provider did an upgrade to keep you up to date, and now their application Nothing doesn't works. work, right. and they have downtime. They're like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I mean, we, we preach that all the time, but 
there's a perfect example of why we say that stuff. Um, so, wow, I, I don't envy you. <laughs> well, I mean, on a certain level, the, the disadvantage was, gee, this is not what I intended to do. And there was other stuff I was supposed to be pushing forward. Um, but, you know, to help out the client, I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and spend the time doing this. But I do find maybe it's the systems administrator in me. I like getting things clean and, okay, everything's working. It's on current versions. Um, there's not gobs of deprecation errors. And it's like, okay, I'm ready to do the next upgrade when it becomes available or there's a security issue and okay, we need to upgrade the app. So I kind of, I mean, I kind of like this kind of work too in the same, in the same way. Yeah. Well, and what about you? So <laughs> I had not, not quite as eventful a, a week, uh, the past two weeks on and off, I've been working on this, the, the Ruby three upgrade for our, main core engine product uh and it's quite large and honestly we, we went from 272 to ruby 3 and we're on rails 6.0 at the moment so that's getting ready to be upgraded too but we wanted to go to ruby 3 because 272 has some console issues that are really kind of nasty if you use console but um it wasn't a difficult upgrade it was a tedious upgrade because of the things we're going to talk about tonight. And that's the reason I wanted to talk about it. It was confusing. It was tedious. And I discovered some ways to make life much easier if you're getting ready to do this. So um, one more housekeeping thing before we get into the meat of tonight, though. Uh, I just wanted to address, I, I, I bitch about cucumber a lot, right? Now, you guys have heard me bitch about it. I just wanted to put some caveats out there. It's <laughs> so I have zero problem with behavior driven development as a concept, BDD. I think it's perfectly fine. I don't personally use it very much, but I, I don't have any problems with that as a concept or a, or a flow. Um, and Cucumber itself is useful with because it works across a number of languages. It's not just Ruby and Rails that it works with. So um, that, you know, that structure and that concept is useful in other languages that don't have some of the same things that Ruby and Rails have. Where I don't like Cucumber and think that it's just a bloated, overcomplicated, unnecessary thing is in a Rails environment or a Ruby environment that has RSpec. So I just wanted to kind of clear the air a little bit about I don't like Cucumber in the specific situation I'm in, but I do see value in it in other situations. So anyway, just to clear that up. All right. All right. So Ruby 3, positional arguments. Holy crap. All right. So let's start with if you're on 2.7 you will see some deprecation warnings. And it's one of these three. Using the last argument as a keyword parameters is deprecated. Passing the keyword argument as the last hash parameter is deprecated. 
or splitting the last argument into positional and keyword parameters is deprecated, right? Those all kind of lead to the same place. Um, they are technically talking about different specific things, but they basically lead all, all to this stuff. So if you're seeing those, then this is, this is the stuff you're gonna wanna know. So the big part of this is the splat and double splat. And before we get into talking about how you implement those, let's talk about what they are. So this is not new. This stuff is not new to Ruby 3, right? But it's, the, it's being enforced in Ruby 3 now in certain situations. So the splat either unpacks or packs to or from an array, and the double splat unpacks or packs to or from a hash. So all it is is telling Ruby, hey, this is a hash, you wanna unpack that when I when I pass it in, or hey, this is, this is gonna be a hash, so pack it up as such, and then treat it as a hash. That's basically, what we're talking about here. So let's look at an example. So this is a fairly common thing. You, you define a function, let's define foo. We've got this keyword a as a named parameter with a value. Keyword b is a named parameter with a value, right? That's a fairly common thing. I see that all over the place. I saw it all over the place in our code and I've seen it in other people's code. So when we go to call this function, let's say that I define k, which is never use single letter variables, but I'm abbreviating for space here. k is the hash keyword a with a value and keyword b with a value, okay? So, oops, wrong way. In Ruby 2.7, I could just call foo k like this. In Ruby 3, that no longer works. And this will give you one of those uh, deprecation warnings in 2.7. What you have to do is double splat that K in the call. That's the fix for this. Well, one of the fixes for it, and we'll get to that. This whole thing was tough to wrap your head around. Um, so basically that's telling Ruby 3 to go ahead and unpack it, whereas it was more. So this is kind of being more explicit versus implicit, would right. you say? Because the in Ruby prior to three, it would try to automatically figure out what you meant. Yeah, yeah. And it was making mistakes sometimes. And so what they did in Ruby 3 is said, all right, you, you just be explicit about what you want. If yep. you want me to do keyword hash, you tell me that that's what it yep. is. Um, so also, but in, could you could you still use that like the, in the green the food the double splat k? Could you? I, I haven't used this that much. That does work in two point seven. It yes. does. Okay. Yes. So, you, in fact, uh, the way that you want to prep well, for it's Ruby a deprecation three, warning, yeah. so of course, is going to work in two. Okay. You want to fix these in two seven before you go to three yeah, because yeah. they're much easier to track down. The, the deprecation warnings in two point seven are really nice because they also, in addition to that verbiage, I gave you before. They also tell you, this is where you're calling it, file whatever, line whatever, and this is what 
where this function is defined, file, whatever, you probably want to add a double splat. So they did a fantastic job with the deprecation warnings. I mean, it tells you exactly. If you go to Ruby 3 and start just having, having tests error out, it's a lot harder to track this back down. You have to go tracing through it and stuff. It doesn't just say, hey, you made a wrong call right here. So, so wait, so did you catch the, or these log messages were during running tests or where, or did you say it was more explicit somewhere else? The, the deprecation warnings I would get when I was running the tests under 2.7. Okay. All right. Right, right, right. So, um, and one of the things I did, uh, I started just upgrading to Ruby 3 before I had fixed all those deprecation warnings, which is kind of a no-no, but I was thinking there can't be that many of them. And then things started failing, and I was like, okay, well, but I know what this is. But then I started having to trace through stuff, and I said, no. So I just go back to 2.7, fix the deprecation warnings, and then flip over to 3, because I'm using RBE and V. Flip over to 3, and then run the tests, and I could do that a section at a time, so... Because with RBE and V, it's really simple to switch back and forth between Ruby versions. Um, so it, it was much easier to do the fixes in 2.7 and then just do the testing in 3. Um, so also in with this definition of foo, you could explicitly say the keyword A is this value and the keyword B is this value and just pass them in... Um, in whatever order you want to. I could have actually said keyword B first yeah. and then keyword A. That no longer works. You could also pass that in as a hash, marked as a hash, instead of just naked parameters. That also no longer works. You actually have to put it in a hash and double splat it for this call to work. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, but now, so, sorry, go ahead. One of the confusing things is in the Ruby uh, blog post on this change, it looked to me, the best I could tell, is that putting it in a hash was supposed to work in this instance. So either the way they wrote that up was confusing or what they wrote was wrong because that does not work. You have to double splat the hash if you're going to list out the keywords like this. I thought with a definition, like on the top left here, I thought with that definition, why wouldn't it accept keyword A to keyword B3, like your first bad example? Because that exactly matches, I guess. Why won't why it? Doesn't it? Because, yeah. it? because it just doesn't. It you can't you can't but isn't use that the named point? <laughs> well yeah but you can't use uh, named arguments like that um so uh and Colin says you definitely should be able to pass those in out of order you you can like in this final example where I double splat the hash I can pass these in any order I want to the the trick is I have to put it in a hash mark and I have to double splat it. For this kind of definition. Now the reason they're doing that is because if I were to define foo with a regular parameter, right, not keyword arguments, but just a regular parameter, and then some keyword arguments, 
it needs to know where to split that off. It used to be that I could define my my parameter positional parameters and then my last parameter could just be keywords, whatever keywords I wanted. But that that's part of what got confusing for the automation. So I'm using a very simplistic example here to highlight just what we're talking about, but normally you don't just have these keyword arguments. You have positional arguments and then keyword arguments a lot of times. Um, so, but there's other ways to do this. So for example, this, this is something you would commonly see either with a double splat or a splat. You would see some positional arguments and then splat splat and then a name of your keyword args argument, right? So this is a little different. So we're going to define this k variable the same way as a hash. And I used to, in 2.7, be able to call foo k. And that doesn't work anymore in 3. So I have to double splat the k here too. So regardless of how I've defined this foo here, as as like this, or specifically with the keywords listed out, I have uh, to double to splat. When you're saying uh, like this, just to let you know, you're, I'm not seeing your cursor. Oh, sorry. It, even if I've defined this with the double splat k, k args, defined foo like that, or if I've defined foo with what looks like k with the specific keyword arguments, if I'm going to pass a variable in there that has those arguments in it, I have to double splat it. Um, also in 2.7, I used to be able to pass this in as I would with the other definition. Uh, you can't do that in three. You also can't uh, just put it in hashes in three. Now I would have expected this to work, but it doesn't. It makes sense to me that, hey, I'm passing in a hash here. Just treat that as the hash, but it, it they still want it to be double splatted so that it's specifically saying, hey, these are keyword arguments, not just some random hash. So that was part of the confusion that I had was I was trying to do this second thing where I just put it in the hash marks because I thought that's what they were saying in the in the Ruby uh, blog post where they were explaining this change. That's what I understood, but that wasn't working. So I ended up having to double splat that as well. All right, so let's look at another example where we define foo with just the single splat args. Um, if I do that, I can in fact pass this in Ruby 3 as keyword A, blah, keyword B, blah, right? Like I could with the double splat keyword arguments in 2.7. So that still works. Uh, I can also just wrap it in the hash parameters, which is in 2.7, this was my preferred method. I didn't like to just put naked parameters in there. I liked to be explicit about, hey, this is, I'm passing in a hash of parameters, so I'm going to put the hash marks on it. Um, so then we get to 
the issue of delegation. So it's a little bit more than just the um, named parameters. There's a level above that, the delegation stuff, that causes problems. Now, it causes problems because of the um, keyword arguments, but it's it's a little bit insidious. So if we've got this call to wrapper method, we pass in splat args and ampersand block, right? In 2.7, inside that, we could call this other wrapped method and pass splat args and ampersand block. That works. But in Ruby 3, if your wrap method accepts keyword arguments, this breaks. So what you have to do is if your wrapped method accepts keyword arguments, you have to specify that in your wrapper method, the double splat. This wasn't necessary. This double splat keyword args wasn't necessary in 2.7 because you could just delegate what you wanted to to this wrapped method. But you have to be explicit now. Um, there is a shortcut in Ruby 3 for this, which is the delegate everything. It's, this was available in 2.7, but um, you can just put the uh, triple dot ellipsis here and in the wrapped method, just like this. I'm not abbreviating. This is the actual call. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that'll just delegate. It'll pass everything exactly as is, so you don't have to, to worry about passing through all that stuff. I personally do not like this because that uh, that takes a huge logic leap for me to figure out what's coming through this method. I have to go all kinds of context switching and track this back. I'd rather you just be explicit. So I, I actually like this change. Uh... Uh, and not this, not this delegation change. I'm talking about the whole Ruby three keyword args explicit stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah, being more explicit. Yeah, right. I actually really like this. Now, I've seen a lot of people. I've heard a lot of talk online that, you know, this is just a whole a, a lot of pain for no gain. I disagree. I I think it's a good thing to make programmers be explicit. That should have been the way it was, and that's how I programmed. I, I would be as explicit as I could. Like, I didn't write negative statements. If, if I have multiple conditions, I wrap them in parentheses, even though that's not required, because I want to I be specific to myself six months from now and to other programmers. This is what I intend. So um, I think this is a good change and a good direction for Ruby because it takes away a lot of guesswork. Now they do have a a gem. I think it's called Ruby two seven methods or something like that, where you can you can add the gem and you can just wrap your method in this thing, and it basically puts back all the complicated guesswork into that method, so that your Ruby three methods still work like Ruby two seven. My attitude towards that is don't be lazy. Just fix fix your calls it's it's not hard it's a little tedious but if you got to wrap each method in that thing 
it's just as tedious to do that. So just fix the things the right way. That that seems kind of pointless to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm an old grumpy fart, but... Yeah, just... and how, how, how long is that going to work? Is that going to break in some... If you use that kludge, is it going to break in some future version of Ruby where it's not going to work anymore? Right, exactly. And all you're doing in that case is you're building in technical debt for yourself that you're going to have to clean up at some point later. So you might as well just take the time and clean it up the right way to begin with. I mean, you know the old saying, lazy works twice. So... Don't be late. I mean, just, and yeah, it was tedious going through it. To be fair, this is a huge app that I was transferring and working on. It's got, you know, like 12 years of historical code in it and stuff where, you know, this, these kind of method calls had built up over 12 years and it just, you know, all of a sudden there's this change and you got to fix it. But it wasn't difficult. The difficult part I had was that the, the official notes on this change and how it was going to be, how it should be implemented, either were incorrect or weren't clear enough for me to understand properly. So I, I ended up having to do some testing for a little while to figure out exactly what I had to do to fix this all up. But you know, once once you get it figured out and figure out, okay, there's there you just have to put a double splat on things. And if you're passing a hash, you can't pass it naked. You need to put it in the hash marks and then double splat it. Or if you're passing a, a named variable as the hash, double splat the variable in the call. It was pretty rare that I needed to actually double splat the definition because in most cases, uh, they were already just accepting a keyword args kind of thing. Um, so if I double splat it in the call, I don't have to double splat it in the definition. But you know, your mileage may vary. It wasn't too hard. So if, if you're seeing all these things in 2.7 and you're saying, oh my God, I don't want to go to 2.3, I don't want to go to 3 because it's going to be a massive headache and a nightmare and all this kind of stuff, just the 2.7 the, the deprecation warnings are really explicit and very good. They did a fantastic job with that. Just start fixing them there. And then when you switch over to 3, it's not a big deal. Really. Um unless you try to do it all at once and you've got a tedious mess ahead of you, but it's still not difficult. So anyway. I'm I'm so explicit. I don't even use a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I, I typically don't either, unless I'm having to pass in like a huge context of stuff. Yeah. To some method. And I don't, you know, I or, don't. Or it depends on how dynamic you, your method is in terms of what you need it to do and whatnot. Right. And, and honestly, if your method has gotten so complicated that you have to pass in 15 parameters, probably got too much in your method. <laughs> so, um, no. There are some cases where keyword parameters are the best way to do things, but it's, it's not a, 
it's really not a common thing. And even in this, you know, it, it took me two weeks on and off. I, I wasn't working on this two weeks straight. Just, you know, hey, I've got an hour here today. Let me work on it some and an hour here. But even though it took me that time, that still wasn't a big portion of the code. It was a very small portion of the code. The big problem was just kind of running through all the tests and tracking down where the issues were. But because I had tests, again, kids, tests are important. I could just run through them and it would just tell me, boop, 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 boop. here's where you got to go and fix it. And it, it really just wasn't that bad. So if you're holding off on Ruby 3 for this, don't. Just bite the bullet, do it, be done with it. Um, if you're writing, if you're in older than 2.7 and you're writing methods like this, stop it, be explicit. Because you will be forced to be explicit at some point. So, anywho, that's kind of a shorter topic, but it seemed oh, like it was question. important. Tangentially related or? more more so related what is your opinion on positional arguments versus keyword arguments if i only have two or three parameters i prefer just doing positional stuff and if i have more than two or three parameters i probably need to take a look at what i'm doing with the method because i'm probably because that's a good indication that I've probably got um, feature envy across to another class. I'm trying to pass too much into this thing, and it has to know about way too much outside itself. So in most cases, I'm looking at for positional arguments because they're a lot less cumbersome. Now, that's not always the case. There may be cases where I've written a method that's more dynamic and it needs dynamic keyword arguments because I don't know what you're going to give me sometimes, right? And I don't necessarily mean dynamic, um, but I mean literal positional arguments or keyword arguments, not even talking about having multiple in there. Right. I, I uh, yeah. I just prefer the positional arguments, and because I I think those keyword arguments came in Ruby two. I believe so. So I think all we had before that. So of course, most of my code is positional. But every time I look, I don't know. I I tend to start liking the keyword arguments more because. When I'm calling a method, it's it's more clear where something's going. I don't know. Well, it, it, I mean, there are benefits to as far as readability to that, right? Because if I'm looking at the call to a method and I'm just passing in three things, I don't necessarily know what those are just by looking at the call. I either have to look at how those things are defined where they came from, or I have to go look at the definition of the method and see what the parameter names of the method are. So you're right. If I'm just looking at the calls, having the keywords right there is is much more explicit. It it I don't generally run into that problem a lot because 
I don't pass things named K or N or so I pass specifically named variables. So for me, the keyword stuff in most cases would be fairly redundant because I'm just careful to name my variables the way they should be named to this is what this is. There's no question about where it came from. So, yes, I, I think that depends on how you how you name your variables and how much time you spend doing your variable naming as to whether that's more or less useful to you. And I'm not saying that okay. anything's just, wrong or not. I was I'm just, just, I was just curious. I mean, it's it seems like you know it's there's been so much inertia for positional arguments, and I don't know. The more I use keyword arguments, the more I kind of like them. But it's like, but then I'm like, do I want to change something that's existing? When it's like, no, don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. So I just wanted to check your opinion on them. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with them. My personal preference is just the positional stuff, but that's because of how I write code. Um, and probably because, you know, when I started learning code, there was really wasn't a thing, such a thing as keyword arguments. It was it pretty much be, positional yeah. arguments. I mean, yeah. there are exceptions to that statement, but where I was, the languages I was learning in didn't have such a thing. So that's just how I learned to do it. And so that's my preference. That's where I'm comfortable. And I think that's probably also too, why I learned to name my variables very specifically, because I got tired of trying to figure out, I'm making this method call, what the hell are the parameters that are K, S, and Q? I don't know what that means. So now I have to go context switch and look at the definition. So that's one of the big reasons I started paying attention to my variable names. And one of the reasons I get so pissy when I see people naming things that don't make any sense. Like, come on, type three more letters, please. Not that hard. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you enjoyed this, please don't forget to like and subscribe or follow us if you're on catching us on Twitch. We are live on Twitch and YouTube simulcasting. Uh, just mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. You know how this works. Uh, every Wednesday night, we are here at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more Dev Talk. And please tell your lovely friends because we know you have lots because you're a lovely person. Uh, next week, we haven't picked a topic yet, so, or have we? Have I we? think we were going to, the plan is to do fibers. Oh, that's right, fibers. Woo! So the last, I think mostly the last of the Ruby 3 new features introduced. The, the so. new features. <laughs> so, At the time, yeah. circa 2020. <laughs> Right. Um, if you have a topic that you would like to see on the show or there's something that you think might be interesting for us to talk about, please put it in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Um, all of these have a podcast version, and you can find those everywhere that podcasts live or on our website, rubberduckdevshow.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. And if you really want to see how much I suck at Twitter because I'm old, you can follow us there. 
at Ducky Dev Show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Till then, happy programming. Happy programming.